Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for joining us tonight on Episode 6, Season 4 of The Standoff with Brad and Richie here on New Zealand Sport Radio. We're here live every Wednesday on Facebook throughout the season. Evening, Richie. Um, well, it was another great weekend of footy um, with yet more upsets. How was your weekend and what did you think of Round 3? Our weekend was was really good. Thanks, Brad. I hope yours was as well. Uh, I really enjoyed the footy, obviously, when the Warriors performed the way they did. Um, yeah. It's always great, and for the first time in a long time, we sit in the four, like the show title says, and, and looking down on all the peasant teams below us. Top four, is a, it's a beautiful place. Um, How good. Long, How good. Long, long may it last, hopefully. <laughs> um, but, uh, while we're here live on Wednesday evenings, 8pm, you can also catch our show at your convenience on the podcast. Um, go on iHeartRadio, Spotify, all those places, and just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. As always, we're going to cover everything that you need to know on the week that was Rugby League, including our top stories of the week, a review of round three, and an update on our tips. We'll then stop and answer some questions from you guys, as well as some questions we've got for each other. Uh, we'll then preview the Warriors-Bulldogs game, and then um, the rest of the round four. And then we'll end um, the night with Jacko's favourite part, which is Super League. And I see Jacko's here. <laughs> and Simon, even guys. Um, so, yeah, remember to send us questions um, and comments throughout the show, and we'll do our best to answer them the best we can. I uh, see Mikey's here as well. Evening, Mikey. And uh, we may as well jump straight into it, Richie. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so, first, probably the biggest news um, was John Sattler um, passed away this week, um, aged 80. Um, South South Rabbitohs prop, um, for me, as a, a connoisseur of props, he kind of personified um, toughness back in those days. You know, he was famously known for playing with a broken jaw in the Rabbitohs, uh, I think it was the 1970 grand final against Manly. Um, yeah, huge, uh, sending a lot of thoughts and prayers to his family in that, but um, not not the best news to hear to start off the week. But um, what's your take? I know you're older than me, so you probably um, watched a lot of um, Settler, you know, mate? So. Not that much older than you, champ. <laughs> but yeah, obviously, very sad news 
for rugby league community, um, the legend that is John Settler passing away. So thoughts thoughts to Guts' family. I know the Rabbitohs are going to pay tribute this week wearing a broken Rabbitoh logo on their shirt, throwing That's back right. to, I think, 1970 grand final. The, the one you spoke of earlier where he had the broken Rabbitoh logo on his shirt. Funnily, yeah. funnily enough, they're playing against Manly this weekend as well. Yeah. Um, not the best news, but kind of the best timing, I guess. It's probably the horrible way to say it um, with all that. But um, I see Hammers here as well, and he also mentioned Kyle White passed away 53. Um, so, yeah, another one, which is um, unfortunate to hear. And uh, Nicholas is here, and he said Jacko is just wrong. Super League's awesome. Exciting gameplay and great atmospheres. Um, yeah, I like the atmosphere. Um, there's nothing better than a, a, an English crowd um, with all the sports they have. Um, it just depends on how my team goes, on how excited or unexcited I am. <laughs> um, but next bit of news, um, Newcastle Knights, they're rumoured to be looking at them into the market to sign middle forwards to address their shortage um, due to injuries and suspensions. Um, I had a quick a quick goog um, before the show to try to see some free agents middles and I don't really see anyone out there that can fix the problem so I think like if they would um, if they would have to um, you know try to talk to another club uh, you would think in a perfect situation instead of the Roosters getting Nathan Brown the Knights would have tried to get him but yeah it is what it is um, what's your take on on the Knights having to already shell out where we're not even a month into the season yet and they're already in strife injury-wise. Well, Nathan Brown would never have gone there, mate. The Roosters never missed their man. No. Um, yeah. Well, it just speaks to the kind of troubles that the Knights are going through. We already know their roster's pretty decimate, decimated and they're um, obviously struggling. So, I, yeah, I don't know who they go after. Like you say, it's not like there's exactly a lot of big name middles out there that might have to target the next tier down and, and see what they see what they can come up with. But potentially, yeah. yeah. Hopefully they hopefully their injury woes start um, start coming right soon and um, they can have a decent run. Well, come right in a couple of weeks after they face the Warriors again. Yeah, but, hopefully, hopefully. Um, yeah, and I see Jacko. Jacko said that I look older than Richie. Um, Richie just looks after himself a lot better than I do. Um, That's the beard. Of, it's, yeah, and the beard, I, I look 18 <laughs> when I have a shave, but um, you will never know because I'm not shaving ever again. Um, but, yeah, next bit of news, quite interesting and surprising. Brad Arthur um, has had his contract extended as head coach for the Eels, um, once again, despite sitting 0-3. and three. Um, he wasn't obviously a coach we had in our um, first coach to get fired, but I wouldn't think after this kind of start that they would um, extend the contract already. I think you you would wait a little bit. Um, what's your take on it? I'd say it's probably been in the works for a wee, a wee bit before the 0-3. And, I mean, I'm not overly surprised to be fair. He's... he's since he's taken over the Eels, they've consistently made finals and went all the way to grand final last year. So um, it makes enough sense to me. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Nicholas said that my beard has its own postcode. It's totally majestic. Um, you're the only one who thinks so. Uh, um, <laughs> next bit of news. Um, 
Sha, uh, Ronaldo Mulatalo has um, come out in the media this week saying that he believes there should be laws in place to deter social media abuse um, after revealing that he's received death threats and abuse directed towards his family. Um, what should I don't know what they can do in terms of the laws. I know we just had the the kid that um, threw racial abuse at um, Latrell Mitchell and he got mm. a warning and that's it. So even that, they're not doing anything. Um, I'm not a fan of the social media abuse. I generally abuse them socially um, on the show. So <laughs> um, I, I I believe that you should only say stuff um, that you're willing to say to someone in person. And um, a lot of the stuff that gets hurled at rugby league players, you would never say anything about. But probably the only thing is critiquing, for me, critiquing Adam Fanua Black's haircut. I would not say that to him in person. But I thought it a lot in the weekend. Um, but, yeah, it's a, it's, I'm making light of a, a serious situation here. Um, but what a, what do you reckon? Because he's not the only player. We hear it all the time. Mm. And um, I'm passionate about the Warriors, about rugby league, but not to the point where I'm threatening to kill people if they've had a bad game and mm. things like that. I, I think it's it takes a different level of person to stoop that low, in my opinion. But what's your take on yeah, it it does it really does um and social media has its has its upside when it comes to sport and the sport community and allowing professional athletes to um, connect with fans but then obviously it has its dark side as well um i'm not sure exactly what you do about it whether you can look these people up who are who are doing it and, and have some sort of punishment but yeah, as well, I think these players, you know, if they get something like that, you know, just do what they can, block it, ignore it, report it. I'm, I'm not sure, but, yeah, obviously yeah, it's, and, it's got its dark sides. Yeah, and um, like Jacko said, he said social media abuse is so widespread a doubt much can be done about it. And that's the problem. Like you, like you said, you can find it, track the person down, and then the next day there's a new profile they've created to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um or is the profile they're using even a person, you know? Um, yeah. It's hard. It's It doesn't make it right. But hopefully they find some medium where they can kind of control it a bit better. Otherwise, you are going to see players just completely block themselves off from yeah. fans. And it, it gives you a bit more of an insight about the player, about the club. And that's um, what people like us like, you know, with the Warriors when they were stuck in Australia for all those years, um, seeing the stuff on socials kind of let you feel like you're still part of the group, if you get my drift. But, um, yeah, hopefully they come up with something that um, kind of helps the players out a bit. Um, but, yeah, hopefully we, we hear some plans in the future, but we'll, we'll keep an eye on it and move on to some more more happy news. Um, Ed Kossi, um has extended his stay with the Warriors until the end of 2025. So we got a nice um, two-year extension. What's your take on Kossi um, getting a, a further deal? I think, um, you know, he's had his ups and downs, but I think the more he gets to play, the more confidence he seems to have in himself. So I think he is going to be a, a potential, you know, first-grade full-time winger um, mm. for the Warriors if he keeps the trajectory he's going. Yeah, I think he's really starting to find himself as an NRL player, Um we're seeing more good than bad this year for sure. And 
like seeing him score on the weekend, just the massive smile on his face that he's playing with, it's it's fantastic to see. I think, you know, the more uh, confidence and joy he plays with, I think if we're performing well as a team, you know, he he does his job as part of that system and he'll reap the benefits. So I know once Dallin gets back, he might be back to fighting for a spot, but it's great to have those kind of depth problems. Yeah, I think you're going to see it'll be a similar situation that the Warriors have had this week with Chance and Tane, where yeah. once the guy that you've got number one in your depth chart comes back, he comes into the spot. Um, mm. Well, yeah, we'll see what happens um, there. Next bit of news, um, we talked about him last week, but um, Taku Hal Tapua, um, the player the Roosters released so they could sign Nathan Brown's officially been announced as the Sharks' new signing. He's got a two-year deal with um, the Sharks. I still don't know anything about him other than he was sacrificed so the Roosters could get another top-tier player. Um, but hopefully this is um, a good move for him. The Sharks you know, are a team on the rise, depending on if they're stars or not. Um, but I'm sure he'll do well for them. Um, did you do any research since our last show on Taku? Do I look like the homework type? No. <laughs> That's why I laughed a bit. No, yeah, I I still don't know a lot about him either. So um, hopefully for the Sharks, he turns out to be a good one. Yeah, and um, Jacko's comment, how long has DWZ got left on his contract as he's on big money and um, bringing Kossian would free up salary cap? I'm not sure. I think it's another year or two, but I yeah. believe the way it was staggered was it was quite a lot. The Bulldogs were paying until their part had ended. And then after that, I don't – I'm only – I'm not speculating, but I don't have it official. But um, I believe the Warriors' only part is for a lesser rate. Yeah. Because I think he, he was on like 800K when mm. the Bulldogs were chipping in, and I think it was coming down to around the five 550 mark. Um, but I, I'm not in the club, so I, I don't know officially. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I can't tell you. Sorry, Jacko. And I, I, guess, I see Nigel's here too. Hey, I guess the question, is, the question is, Jacko, would you want to cut him? I, I personally wouldn't at the moment. Um, if he was still getting paid eight hundred, there would be thoughts about it. But then I suppose in that regard, you're paying eight hundred there, but you're paying a lot less for the halves, which is a different story for other other mm. clubs. So I don't, I don't know. Um, there, there's cap room um, once certain players are stopped being paid that are playing for other clubs. Um, there's a bit of wiggle room. So yeah, we'll see. And I'm um, speaking of salary cap. Um, the Roosters, um, they've turned their eyes to the NRLW, Richie, um, in probably the most heartbreaking <laughs> heartbreaking news for me this week. Um, they're rumoured to be closing in on the signing of Millie Boyle for the upcoming NRLW season. What, what do you think about my girl Millie potentially being a rooster? I think it, it's it'd be great for her and the Roosters, but I just don't yeah. want to see her at the Roosters. And does that mean Adam Elliott's going to leave the Knights and become a Rooster now as well? I think you that know. means. I think what it does mean is now the Sombrero the Sombrero extends over the NRLW team as well. Yeah. Um, so um, she'd be a hell of an addition. She's yeah, one of, of the. She's one of the best forwards in the game. Um, taking my bias out of it. Um, but, yeah, it'd be great for them. Um, real kick to the guts of the Knights, though, after yeah. she went. And, you know, they she was 
a huge reason that team turned around. Um, not the only reason, but a massive reason. And it would, um, um, it would make the Roosters a heck of a hard team to beat. They already have a pretty stacked roster with, yeah. you know, top tier rep players like Isabel Kelly. And yeah, it, they would take some beating if they got Millie over the line. Do they still have Jessica Sergis as well? Or is she I, moved I believe on? so, doesn't she? Don't they? Yeah, it's hard to sell because they don't do multi-year deals in the NRLW yet. It's all like one season deals, um, which is why you see players chopping and changing so much. Um, so it's it's hard to sell. I haven't seen seen the news, but um, yeah. Good luck, Millie, wherever you go. Um, hopefully she signs for the Warriors when the Warriors get a women's team again. <laughs> it would be great to have her in the country. Yeah, um, it, it's hard to us being so apart, Richie. It's that Tasman, it doesn't do us very good. But um, last bit of news before we get into the massive injury toll, um, it was just a, a little a little happy note that I wanted to bring in. But the Dragons, um, they've reportedly told Anthony Griffin um, that he's going to need to reapply for his coaching role and he's not guaranteed to be re-signed as head coach next season. Great news for me. I love seeing the Dragons, you know, go down a peg. Bad news for us, though, is he was our predicted fire, first coach to be fired. Mm. If they're telling him this now, it kind of makes me think that he's seeing out the season um, and probably will be fired at the end of it as opposed to getting fired mid-season. But um, what's your take? Um, he's kind of been on borrowed time for a while, um, so I'm not surprised. Um, but it's an interesting way of kind of pushing a coach out the door as opposed to just sacking him. Yeah, it's not very NRL-style is it um, no. most NRL coaches um, fall on their sword if they're underperforming? So it is an interesting, interesting way to go about it. But yeah, who knows, mate? Who knows? We, we might be way off with our prediction there. It might be someone else. Um, we did get it wrong last year. We did. Only just, though. Only just. Um, and. Well, Caden Rogers say, um, the Roosters are dodgy. I know it, you know it. The whole house of cards will come tumbling down in the future and a whole lot of competition points will be taken away. I hope so, but I think with um, Uncle Nick helping potentially expand the NRL, I think he's kind of got a little bit of a get-off-jail-free card with the NRL because he's helping potentially build it. So I don't know. Um and yeah, Ken said he feels sorry for Hook. Not a bad coach, but they've just got a shit squad. Um, yeah, I I think he's a bit too old school now for how the NRL is going. Um, but then in saying that, we've got um, a 100-year-old guy out there, you know, bringing a brand-new team to be one of the best teams currently. So I don't know. Um, but, yeah, the Dragons roster is not impressive, um, which I enjoy, but I'm sure their fans don't. Um Anything else you want to add to the news before we move on, Richie? No, no, we can move on, mate. Let's get All through right. those injuries. Injuries, is, um, there's a lot. Um, there was some that I even cut because there was just too many. But um, Danny Levi, um, he's on the sidelines for up to um, 10 weeks after fracturing his jaw um, in the early stages of his team, the Raiders, win over the Sharks. Um, heard that they even went back later on to find his teeth. Um, I don't, I don't know if they found them or not. But um, huge um, injury from there. A bit unfortunate, you know. He's kind of been going all over the place trying to get another chance in the NRL, and then 
he kind of looked like he was finding his feet with the Raiders and then this happens. Um, mm. It's unfortunate, but, you know, hopefully the Raiders will still be in contention um, after 10 weeks so he can have a bit of an impact. But um, what's your take on, on that? Um, fracturing a jaw just doesn't sound like a good time. No, no, it doesn't sound fun at all, mate. So, um, yep, might be eating some pretty soft food or liquid diet for a little bit, Danny, but wish you well in recovery, mate. Yeah, and um, continuing with the Raiders, Nick Kotrick's facing up to six weeks um, after injuring his hamstring at training. Um, yet another hamstring um, this season. Uh, another big loss for them. I think Kotrick's, he he's a good player, good solid player that has a little bit of X factor in him. Um, so another big loss for the for the Raiders there, Richie. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Feel for my know all about those hamstring injuries, mate. Um, no, I, so ne- I never had that problem myself, but no, um, no. you got to run fast enough, eh, hey, Brad? Yeah, the key up, is being if you're slow, your your hamstrings are pretty safe. <laughs> it's um, it's the knees that are the problem, but. Well, um, we'll go into some worries. I've only put down two. Um, Mitch Barnett, um, he has been cleared of a serious neck injury after that um, horrible um, incident that happened to him in the weekend. Um, He was cleared, nothing serious, which is great, but he is missing this week's game. So um, good to see them um, having enough confidence in the depth that they're not going to just push him out um, when his neck's not 100%. Um, And Wade Egan um, is still... Um, mentally stuck in Townsville after being run over by Jason Domololo. And um, he's going to miss six weeks game due to the 11-day stand-down that we talked about last week. So um, horrible to see what happened to him. It was his second um, HIA of the game. But um, he was he was all, all gone burgers. So um, I think it's, it's the right decision. He's been in the wars the first three weeks too. So I think a, a week off is probably going to do him a lot better if we want him to be healthy for the whole season. So um, what's your take on the two Warriors players there, Rich? I think you said it best when when you said it's good we're going to trust our depth. Um, last year might have been a different story. I might have felt a lot more nervous, but um, obviously Mitch and Wade have both started the season on, season on fire. Um, but we're going to get Jackson Ford back this week and I'm pretty sure uh, Lusick can come in and do a decent enough job, and we've got some good bench cover now as well. So um, I'm liking our depth. So I'm hoping Mitch and Wade can take the week and, and, you know, freshen up and come back strong. Definitely. Yeah. And um, then finishing off the injuries, we've got our Rabido trio. So um, Hami Silly um, is also on 11-day standout after his foul HIA, where it was like a minute into the game, I think. Right at the start. Yeah, and um, he was a a Egan situation. Like, he was completely gone. So, um, yeah, unfortunate for him, but um, hopefully he comes back after this um, forced rest, um, fitter and stronger. And then um, Tavita Totola, um, he got an MCL injury. He's going to be out for six weeks. And um, Shaq Mitchell, the trail's brother, he injured his foot. And they, um, they ruled out him needing surgery, but they said he's still going to be out for several weeks. Um, so that's a, a bit of a hit to the Rabbitohs forwards. Mm. Yeah, it's going to test their de- the depth of their middles, isn't it? So Yeah, and I'm a massive to... fan of Totola. So I think he had a real good year last year. So um, hopefully he comes back from the MCL yeah. 100%. 
and Harmer Sally's got um, good reps on him too. He's meant to be a, a goer, but he just can't get a, a run of games without picking up some kind of injury. So, yeah, hopefully yeah. he comes right. Yeah, so that was all the main injuries. There was a few other niggles in there, but um, I've left them out. So we'll go into Naughty Boys. Um, I, I didn't even bother looking at the, the fines, um, but we had three suspensions. Um, Joey Manu pled guilty and got a week for a grade two killer's high tackle. Jerome Hughes and Felice Kafusi decided to go and fight their charges at the judiciary and both failed. Um, Kafusi, I thought, was a bit hard done by, which is my thing. Um but he has got four weeks for a grade two dangerous contact. Um, very similar to what we saw from Joseph Sawali'i on chance, um, where he only got a fine. And, um, yeah, Jerome Hughes got two weeks for a grade two dangerous contact, um, which isn't great for the Storm with all the, um, the kind of up and down form they got recently. Pappenhausen's still not back. Munster is named to play this week, which is a relief for them, I guess. But... Um, yeah, the Storm aren't catching a break um, with injuries right now and suspensions. And um, Kafusi is going to be a massive loss for the Dolphins. But then I last week I said Jeremy Marshall King was a massive loss too. But um, maybe the two of them combined could see the Dolphins finally um, face defeat. We did say that uh, the big test for the Dolphins would be how, how their depth holds out when they start losing some players, eh? So... Yeah, I thought that was a bit harsh too, but I, I know Kafusi has some priors, uh, you know, before this incident, so probably that probably weighed into his punishment. But yeah, I didn't see it to be any worse than what Sawley did. Sawley's one is probably worse, and he walked away with a fine, so yeah, more in a row inconsistency. Yeah, and no, I'm kidding, us where King Paul is. Uh, he is not here tonight. He He's too good for us. Um, he decided to, he, he was taking a um, personal day. So it's just us, which is why we're a mess. But it is what it is. And um, yeah, Jacko asked, how can Sawali'i not even get 10 in the bin? And Kafusi gets weak suspension. I don't even it's, think the Warriors uh, got a penalty for it, did they? Nah. I can t- I can answer that though, Jacko. It's, it comes down to the team he plays for and he's an NRL golden boy. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, and yeah, and Jacob said Dolphins have depth problems for sure. Yeah, and that's something you said, Richie, last week. That the Dolphins are going great right now, but if they get a few injuries or a suspension and their depth's tested, that's when we're going to see if they can cut it or not. You know, um, so tough yeah, this time week. very tough this week. Um, but we may as well. That's all I really had. So we may as well jump into our our quick review, um, which wasn't that much quicker last week with our new <laughs> our new format, but. Um, I'll let you start by telling us the rundown of the Seagulls-Eels game. Yeah, you bet, mate. So Thursday night, very entertaining game. Uh, Brad's other team, the Seagulls, 34, the Eels, 30. This might take a while because it was six tries apiece. Uh, Ruben Garrick, Tom Trebojevic times two. Brad Parker and Olukowatu times two. For the Eels, Clint Gutherson times two. Matt Dory, Mike Acevo, times two, and Josh Hodgson. So, yes, it was quite an entertaining game, Brad. What did you make of it, man? Yeah, so um, for me, I thought Manly um, just keep going from strength to strength. Um, I thought their attack looked nice and crisp, um, and with Tommy Turbo out the back, they're always going to be a threat. 
Um, but what's your take on Manly? I thought, yeah, I thought Schuster's return added quite a lot to to the, a side that was already they'd already hit the ground running, you know, and they're looking a complete different side to the side that couldn't buy a win post Pride Jersey Gate last year. So it's looking good. It's looking good on the Northern Beaches. Yeah, and your thoughts on the Eels? Yeah, tough for them, isn't it? Like they've looked good in patches, but just defensively not where they need to be. Um, and and the draw coming up still quite tough. So you know it's tough days at the moment for for the Eels. Yeah, um, I've got that. Uh, I thought they they lost another match they could have won. They could have been technically if they had sorted a few things out and iced it, they could have been three and zero right now. Mm. Um, they they do know how to score points, as you said. They there's times when they look really good, but it's the defensive side that's an issue. Um, if they don't sort that part out, they're going to keep falling. As you said, they've got a tough run. They've got to play the Panthers this week. Mm. Um, you know, so they could they most likely will be going zero and four. They I think I can't remember who they got next week, but um, I think it's very it's very likely that they could be zero was it, and five. Was it the Roosters? Oh, it was someone difficult. I, I know yeah. it was. Every chance of going 0 and 5. Yeah. And um, my player that stood out was Tommy Turbo. Um, Jacko said he still looks like he's favoring his hammies. I think that's true, but he looked really good. Um, uh, just the dangerous Tommy that um, I know and love. I guess I'll say I won't say that we know and love. But yeah, I thought he had a great outing. And um, yeah, Matata um, has said they've, they're facing the Roosters. So they got Panthers Roosters back to back. We've a Roosters fan. I apologise for our sombrero talk, mate. It's only tongue in cheek. Um, <laughs> and yeah, Jacko said the Eels are missing um, Reed Marnie. I think they're yeah. missing yeah, Reed and Papali'i. And you know they've also got Sean Lane out at the moment. Sean too, Lane so. and Madison. Um, There's but a few. yeah, uh, tough times, and they've got a half that um, only likes playing easy teams. So you know it's hard days for the Eels. <laughs> Um, next next game, Richie, the uh, Dolphins and the Knights. Yep, the Dolphins twenty. Uh, uh, the Dolphins thirty six over the Knights twenty. I should say seven tries to three for the Dolphins. Tessie New grabbed a hat trick. Jermaine Asako grabbed a double. Cody Nakarima had a try, and the Hammer Tabuai Fado had one as well. Three tries for the Knights. Tyson Gamble and two for Lockie Miller, who's looking yep. quite good. Uh, yours, Brad? Yeah, so um, I thought it was a tougher night for the Dolphins. Um, but um, they've now shown us that they can grind out a win. We've kind of seen them have it a little bit easy. Um, and, yeah, they're a very capable side. Um, we just got to see how they go with their depth tested, especially this week, um, mm. when I think this is going to be their toughest challenge. Um, but, yeah, your thoughts on the Dolphins? Yeah, I, again, I thought they've done well to take advantage of, of the Knights team who, you know, as we know, down on troops. Um, they don't really have any out-and-out out superstars, but they all look like they're playing their role and turning up for one, each other, for one another, which is, you know, all you can ask for, and it's the kind of thing that Wayne Bennett instills in teams. So yeah. um, it's doing well to jag them some games right now. Yeah, and your thoughts on the Knights? Yeah, I just think they're missing too much cattle, mate. Like I was saying... Lockie Miller's looking promising, but they're missing a lot of cattle, and 
it showed this week. Lack of cohesion, a lot of errors. Um, that's the other side of the coin. It's That's costing them games. Yeah. Yeah, I've got the same. Um, I thought they started well. But, um, they had 16 errors um, and all those players out at the moment. They're just um, fighting an uphill battle. It's going to be tough for them until they get some of those guys back. Um, my player that I thought stood out was Tessie New. Um, thought he looked really good. He's kind of been yeah. um, consistent for the first three rounds, but you've had like the hammer and guys like that that are kind of taking the shine off him. But I thought it was a nice, solid game for him. Um, mm. Your player? Yeah, um, I wanted to show some love to former warrior Ewan Atkin. I thought he, he stood out quite a bit. 112 run meters, five tackle breaks, two try assists. So, you know, us Warriors fans know what Ewan's capable of, and it's nice to see him showing it there at the Dolphins. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the last game on Friday, we had the, the Roosters beating the Rabbitohs 20 to 18. You got the score run down there? I do, yeah. So, as you just said, Roosters 20, Rabbitohs 18. Four tries to three. Brandon Smith, Daniel Tupo, Jackson Polo times two. Uh, three tries to the Rabbitohs, Keon Kalomatangi, Alex Johnston, and uh, Isaac Thompson. Your thoughts on the grudge match, Brad? Yeah, um, hard for and well-deserved win by the Roosters here. Um, the return of some of their forwards, you know, getting um, Hargraves in that back, it made their backs night a lot easier. Um, and, yeah, just um, kind of more the Rabbitohs team that I was expecting to see this year. Um mm. Uh, your thoughts on them? So I still don't think the Roosters looked to be at their very best, um, but still ended up winning the rivalry match. So um, I think having Wadia Hargraves and Brandon Smith off the bench it really helped turn the momentum. So um, that was good stuff from Trent Robinson to know when to inject them when when Souths look like they're on top early on. Yeah. And um, your thoughts on the Rabbits? Again, they're still yet to click and sort of dog by errors. Um, there were some shining lights, individuals. Um, Kaloma Tangi, Campbell Graham, I thought really good. So it's not all doom and gloom. I expect them to click sooner rather than later. I mean, they're too good a side not to come right at some point. Yeah, um, I feel like I say it every week on the show, but um, they, were, they let themselves down with handling errors. You know, I think they were only... Um, beaten by the Knights in terms of errors. They had 15. Mm. Um, and if they don't fix that, you can expect them dropping these marquee games. Um, mm. When the, when they're holding the ball properly, um, they can beat anybody. So yeah. they just got to fix that. That's basically all they need to fix, and I think they'll be on the right track. Um, and my player that stood out was Jackson Ball. Thought um, he had an outstanding game against the club that didn't want him anymore. You know, kicked them out and... Um, yeah, he just looks. He was playing an extra with an extra um, pip in his step, um, playing against his former club. But yeah, just was a great performance. Hopefully, that stays for him. Um, if he can keep consistent, I think he's going to find himself doing well at the Roosters. Mm. Um, at least until Dominic Young shows up, maybe. Yeah. Um, um, your my player, your player? Out. I, Brad. Brad had to go at me last week for picking too many halves, so I'm gonna. I'm going to pick a front row here. I thought um, off the bench, Wadia Hargraves, 38 minutes, 145 run meters, 17 runs. So once he come on, really busy, aggressive, and him along with Brandon Smith really helped turn the tide uh, when when you know when they were struggling. So 
um, yeah, I thought big shift from the old dog. Yeah, definitely. And um, the first game on Saturday, and the first I would say upset of the round, um, the Titans defeating the Storm thirty-eight thirty-four. You want to give us the rundown here? Yeah, this should be fun. <laughs> um, Titans thirty-eight, Storm thirty-four from the Gold Coast. Um, six tries apiece. Cam Pereira with a double. Aaron Shoot with a double. Brian Kelly and Joe Vuna with a try scores for the Titans. Um, Jonah Pazette. Oh, on debut for the Storm, got one. Nick Meany got two. Tarek Sims in the Storm debut. Jerome Hughes and Xavier Coates with the try scores. Entertaining game, Brad. Did you, what did you think of it? Yeah, I thought the Titans did look good. Um, strong efforts all over the park for them. Um, we've said it a lot. They know how to score points very easily. Um, but just like last year, they need to be able to work on that defense. It's conceding 34 points. It's not a situation you want to be in every week. Um, you get 34 points against you, odds are you're not going to win the game. They were lucky here with that. Um, but I think you're seeing a few of their players that need to step up actually doing that mm. um, with the ball in hand. So good for them. But your your take on the Titans? Yeah, I have a very similar take to you. Um, points aren't normally the issue for the Titans. And, and very well done to them for getting the win over the Storm. But, yeah, they do need to shore up their defense if they want to entertain any thoughts of fighting for an eight. So, I mean, thirty normally conceding 34, you lose. So <laughs> they've, yeah. won the sh- they've won the shootout there, but they need to tidy up their D. Yeah, and your your take on the Storm? Yeah, I mean, despite leading at halftime, they came out and conceded back-to-back tries immediately after halftime through costly errors. Um, and that made it really hard for them. And it's you can you can see. I think a lot of people are saying they're looking very un Melbourne like, and I think that's pretty spot on. You know, they're looking probably about as vulnerable as they have in a number of years. Yeah, you're stealing my notes, mate. Um, I've got it there. They look very unstorm like. Um, too many errors, defensive misreads. Um, the loss of all those experienced players um, may have had a bigger impact than we thought it would. Um, you know, you take Munster out as well. Um, basically, all the uh, experienced forwards are gone. Um, mm. That's two in a row, which we don't say a lot about the Storm. Um, so, yeah, I'm sure Bellamy's got something um, that's going to kick them back into gear. You never write them off, but it's not looking great there at the moment. Uh, my player that stood out was Big Tino. Um, thought he was just a monster like he always is, but he he's getting help now, but just because he's getting help doesn't mean that he brings himself down. Um, you know, he still plays at that a bit like a Tohu, you know, he could yeah. have everyone working with him. He's not going to, you know, come down a level and take it easy. He's always going to push. So um, yeah, fantastic day for big Tino. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. 
Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. And uh, your player? Yeah, I picked out Young Khan Pereira. Um, I think there's just something about him. He Obviously, looks lightning fast with good agility. I think, I think we'll probably see this kid pick up quite a few tries, uh, you know, in the future. So yeah, he looks he looks sharp. Yeah, no. Um, Simon's mentioned the Dolphins could affect the Melbourne Storm's player development pathways, which is true. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what Melbourne do there. They, um, yeah, I'm not sure. They they're always good at turning. Player, young players into stars, but yeah, if they find other teams are going to start taking those young players, who, who knows what's going to happen? Especially mm. when Bellamy hangs hangs up the whistle. Yeah, um, it's going to be interesting for them. But uh, next game, uh, probably the game we we're looking forward to talking about, Richie Warriors twenty six, Cowboys twelve. Um, you got the score rundown there for me. Do and that sounds that sounds wonderful, doesn't it? Warriors twenty six, Cowboys twelve, um, in Townsville. Uh, it was five tries to two. Wade Egan, Marcelo Montoya with a double. Jazz Tavanga, the comeback kid, grabbing one. And Ed Cossey grabbing one. Just two tries for the Cowboys, both within the first 13 minutes. Tom Chester and Reese Robson. So, go on, Brad. I know you want to talk about this. This, this, was, a, this was a good one. Yeah, um, I said in my review um, that I did this week, it was the best performance from the Warriors team that I've seen in years, probably going back to 2018, you know, when they had that 5-0 start and um, made it to the finals admittedly for one week. But, um, yeah, I think they had 11 players run for over 100 metres. Defensively, I I think they were more impressive. Um, You know, the, the Cowboys did try to throw a few things at them. Um, and yeah, it's still early days, but they, I know it kind of leaks into your question for me later, but they could be the real deal. Um, what's your take on the Warriors? Yeah, I, I echo your sentiments, mate. I, it's, it's my mind struggles to think of a better performance in, in recent, recent history, so I can't really fault anybody. I, I felt like the whole, it was a fantastic team performance, and everyone played their part in the heat in Townsville to snap a 13 game losing streak in Australia. So yeah, man, I, I, I could probably talk all day. I couldn't be happier. Yeah. And your thoughts on the Cowboys. It's similar to the first couple of weeks, a strong start, very strong start, two tries in first 13 minutes, like I said. Um, and despite a strong showing in the second first grade game for Tom Chester uh, at fullback, it's, it looks like the Cowboys are really lacking an attack without drink water. Um, yeah. Yeah. After that first thirty minutes, it was all downhill from there. They they didn't really look likely at all after that. Yeah, um, I've got here the quick start from the Cowboys um, was good, but they just ran out of juice. I, I said it before we went live, Richie, that in those conditions um, that they should be used to, um, they looked they looked more um, fatigued than the Warriors did. Um, especially when you think a lot of that time the Warriors were spending defending, which usually drains you more. Mm. So, um, 
yeah, I, second half fades are becoming the norm for the Cowboys right now. And they need to change that quick if they want to repeat last year's heroics and not have it as a one-off outlier. Um, before I mentioned my player that stood out, we did have some comments. So Jacko said Peyton's face in the aftermatch preso was gold. Um, <laughs> it was. Yeah, he, he wasn't happy. But to his credit, before the game even started, he basically said, you know, a lot of people are writing this team off. You can't take the Warriors lightly. So um, he was already worried about the Warriors. So at least, um, you know, there's one guy in Australia that thinks the Warriors might be um, a tough team. And um, then Ken um, said the defence is what's standing out for him this year for yeah. the Warriors. Um, so they're finally putting in for one another. On the same, um, I think there's still some issues on attack, um, especially the closer they get to a try line. But that defence... Um, was the one thing I bitched and moaned about all last year on this show in my writing when I wrote every week. And um, it's the one thing I wanted them to fix. And so far they seem, they have, you know, they still lost to the Roosters, but they didn't, you know, last year it would have been a 40-point loss, mm. not a, a close loss. So, um, yeah, I think the players are buying into what Andrew Webster's selling. So, um, yeah, uh, I don't know how... It, how confident i'm getting but i feel i feel it's there richie i feel like we're, we're close but um my player that stood out was jazz um you know I, I i love jazz but i thought um it would take him a game or two to kind of get back into the swing of things of reserve grade but he just hit the ground running thankfully he's got head tape so i can tell him and dylan walker apart um yeah. but yeah he he was just out there doing everything you expect. Great to see him get a, a try. That's I think it's $500 towards his mate. Yeah, that, 500 So an um, expensive day for him, but it, at least it's put out there straight away that um, he's not going to be trying to lower his stats to save him some coin. So, um, yeah, great performance from him, and hopefully it's the start of a, a strong year for him. But your player? Honestly, I, I would have been tempted to say Jazz as well, but I knew you were going to pick him, so... I've also, I also thought Montoya was really good, so I'll show him some love. Uh, two tries, ton of run meters, uh, aggressive. I just think he starts our sets off really, really well on the front foot, and um, that's been a hallmark of wingers we've had in the past with Manu and and guys like that, Ken Mamalo. So definitely, but Montoya's starting to do this every week now. So you know, I think it's probably about time I single him out. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think he's made a great start to the year. Yeah, now, Nigel, before we move on, Nigel said his play of the day was Tohu's shove on Pompey on the goal line to hurry up and D up. Yeah, so um, it's good to see guys like Tohu, those experienced guys, doing that rather than just, you know, last year I feel like if a player wasn't Ding up, they kind of didn't say anything, and that's where someone would score. So they're all speaking to each other, which um, is an integral part of defense. Um, if you're not talking, you know, mistakes happen. So... Hopefully it's a sign of good things, Richie. Um, yeah. Well, we'll move on to um, probably my favourite game of the round after the Warriors. Broncos wiping the floor with the Dragons, 40-18. to 18. If you want to run down your, your little score there. I will. I, 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 the wiping wiping them didn't really start until the last 10 minutes, Brad. Still a wiping. <laughs> Broncos 40, Dragons 18. Seven tries to three. For the Broncos, Katoni Staggs got two. Corey Pates, Selwyn Colbo, Reese Walsh, 
the Golden Boy got two, and Ezra Mam got one. For the Dragons, three tries, Matthew Fengai, Tyrell Sloan, and Jaden Sullivan. Um, yeah, go on, Brad. I know you're itching to talk about a Dragons loss. Yeah, so first up, the Broncos. Um, it looked like the Broncos were getting the speed wobbles here. You know, it was 16-8 at halftime to the Dragons. It was like, oh, no, the Dragons are going to ruin my weekend by getting a win here. Um, but the longer the game went on, the more class the Broncos showed. All their stars were on song. You know, we we talked prior to jumping on about Reese Walsh making a few um, warrior-like errors that we were used to seeing from him last year. But then he switched and was back to the superstar that we saw the week before for the Broncos. Um, when everyone's clicking, uh, it's just um, it's just a, um, a dangerous outfit. And um, I see, I just said different backdrop, Brad. Where's the calendar? Um, I yeah, since last time you watched, I've moved house, um, and you can't see my calendar because um, I haven't put it up yet. But uh, I've got it here. Um, I can't really put it anywhere that you can see it. <laughs> the, the wall's too far away now. But, um, yeah, your take on the Broncos, Richie. Yeah, I thought it was a slow start from them. I thought they looked they looked in danger for a large part of that game. Uh, but all of a sudden they exploded and only really took them 10, 15 minutes to show what they're capable of and take the game away from the Saints. So, um, yeah, one, once they clicked, they... They look pretty deadly. Yeah, your your thoughts on the Dragons? Yeah, I thought for the most part of the game, they looked the better team. But once the Broncos clicked, uh, they just yeah. didn't have the ability to stem the tide. It was um, it's pretty poor showing from the Dragons in the last 10, 15. Yeah, I've got kind of the same thing. They, they were in the fight here, but they switched off in the final 10 minutes. Uh, and um, if you want to be competitive in the NRL... You've got to play for the 80. Um, I know we know that um, a lot better than most um, as fans of the Warriors who have this kind of ability in them in the past. Um, it's, yeah, again, the Dragons could have won. Um, but, yeah, you just can't let a team like the Broncos um, get the upper hand on you because um, they'll do this. They'll blow you off the park. Um, my player that stood out was Payne Haas. Um, you know, I gave you a lot of stick about picking a lot of halves last week, but then I noticed I didn't pick a lot of props. So I had to kind of change that. But um, has a bit like the big Tino um, thing, you know, he was a monster out there and, um, you know, they brought him back on the park in that final 10. And I think that kind of helped. He was out there, you know, breaking through that line. He set up mm. a few tries. Mm. Um, yeah. Fantastic player. And um, I still remember going back and um, earlier in our show, couple of seasons back about how silly the Broncos were for letting Fafita go and deciding to keep Payne Haas and I've never been prouder to be wrong so um, yeah fantastic but who was your player that stood out? Honestly I would have said Haas too because his performance was just so eye-catching um, yeah over 200 run meters offloads setting up tries but I've gone in another prop too um, because I just think all their forwards are really good I mean Kerrigan Ricky, I think mostly Ford Packer really stood up, but I've gone yeah. Flegler, Flegler because he's he's going to be a big pickup for the Dolphins next year. You know, he's forty eight minutes, one hundred and seventy two run meters. So I think their rotation's pretty spot on right now, and, and there's no real let up with their pack, and it's just laying the foundation for those 
uh, flash pretty boys out the back. Yeah. And uh, then the first game on Sunday, Richie, we had the Bulldogs squeaking out a win against the Tigers, 26-22. Yep. Um, what's our rundown? Uh, so, as you said, 26-22, Bulldogs, the winners there, four tries apiece with just goal-kicking being the difference. Hayes Perham, Josh Adokar got a double, and Matt Burden for the Tigers, Brent Naden, Luke Brooks, Fenor Pohl, and Charlie Staines. So, and it was just the four conversions to Flanagan and three out of four for Dewey. Um, but yeah, it didn't look like it was going to be that way. The dogs were controlling most of that game. So how did you see it? Yeah, um, the Bulldogs dodged a bullet, um, in my opinion. They were clunky, um, I think. They they controlled that first half really well. I think it felt like they kind of thought it was in the bag at halftime and came out a little bit different and weren't firing but they did enough to win um, disappointing starts of their season, I think, for the expectations that everyone had for the Bulldogs. But at least they're getting runs on the board, um, which is, you know, if you, you look at the Eels, same similar situation. But instead of, you know, just nudging out a win, they're getting a loss and they're sitting at the bottom of the ladder. Uh, your take on the Bulldogs? Yeah, you know, I thought they looked the far superior team for the majority of that, obviously, with, with that left side, was doing a lot of damage and Burton looking good. Um, I'm not sure if it was just them clocking off, but, you know, it hit a point then where the Tigers, the Bulldogs, rather, conceded the last three tries and it made it a real nervous finish for them. Yeah. And uh, your take on the Tigers? Yeah. For much of that game, it looked like same old, same old Tigers. Um Three late, three late tries, as I just said before, probably kind of glossed over much of the bad they did in that game and and, and brought them into the game. But, you know, they were they were unable to find that killer blow when it counted. Yeah, I kind of got the same. Um, new coach, new players, same old Tigers. Um, they could have finally got their first win for the year, but they let themselves down with discipline and errors um, like we always see. Um, guys like Papali'i, you know, Papali'i's not the same player he was at the Eels with the Tigers right now. He's looking like the player that was playing in a Warriors jersey. Um, so I don't know what's happened there. But, um, yeah, I feel for the Tigers. I don't know what, I don't know what's going on, but I I got sucked into the hype with all those players, and they're making me look like yeah. an idiot. So yeah, not happy. Um, my player that stood out is uh, the current Del M leader, Jacob Kras. Um thought you know he's got a, a very talented winger that kind of steals all the limelight from him um but i think he's been playing really well and um you know he's not i don't expect him to be um in contention for the Dally M at the back end of the year but it's great to see him getting these points on the board early on and um you know he, he's going to be a talented player um you know he's still very young but yeah very happy to see him playing well hopefully he doesn't this week though yeah yeah Hopefully not. Uh, my player that stood out, I, I've gone with Paul Alamotti, um, young 19-year-old rookie centre. I just think on that left-hand side with with the Fox, they were just doing so much damage. And, and uh, Paul had worked some really nice plays and, and had some try involvements there on Pato um, Carr's try. So, yeah, yeah, I think he was, he, he was really eye-catching out there. I think he's got a big future. Yeah, and um, Jacko said Tigers are trying for back-to-back -back spoons. I think that's a massive possibility right now. 
And uh, Simon also said he thinks Tim Sheens is very out of his depth and hasn't coached for a long time. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like they're all just waiting until Benji takes over. I think it is it next year. I think Sheens is only doing this year, right? I think we I did think talk so. about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, Benji's never done it before. So it's, it's not like it's in a magical approach um, in that scenario either. So I, I don't know. It's tough to be a Tigers fan at the best of times, but it feels really bad right now. Yeah. Um, last game, the one Simon's probably waiting for us to talk about: Raiders defeating the Sharks twenty-four twenty. You got the the tries there for me, Matt. I do. Yeah, Simon's Raiders getting the bickies here. Um, again, it was four tries apiece for the Raiders: Albert Hopewadi, Corey Horsburgh. Matt Tamuko and Corey Horsburgh grabbed the second one, actually. And for the Sharks, Will Kennedy, Ronaldo Molotalo, Jesse Ramian, and Brighton Nakora. What was your take on that one, Brad? Yeah, so before I talk about the Raiders, Jacko said he thinks Sheen's doing two years. So um, I'll look into it so we can know for sure next week. But, yeah, it was one or two. But, yeah, the Raiders. The Raiders managed to hold on and avoid another Raiders fade. Um, and while it wasn't pretty, um, it was a gritty win and a platform they can build on. You know, um, I've kind of been talking their praises the last couple of weeks saying, like, you can see there is something there. they just got to fix a few things. But um, I think we saw that. It was a very tough win. Mm. Um, but your take on the Raiders? Yeah, I mean, after a tough start to the year, I think they proved on the weekend they'll still be a difficult team to face, particularly at home, where they're always hard to face. Um, yeah. And they did enough to hold off the Sharks at the end there to not not show much needed win to kickstart this season. So it's a good win for the Raiders. And your your take on the Sharks? Um, so as much as I wrapped Braden Trindle last week, and he always does a really good job when required, it's just so hard to replace a reigning Delhi in player like um like Nico Hines and and you know what he brings to the team, his importance to the Sharks winning games, you can't underestimate it. Yeah, I've kind of got a similar type of thing. I see the Sharks are still missing Nico Hines, um, but to get this close to winning in Canberra without him um, shows that they are still a top eight contender. Once Hines is back, which is this week, um, the Sharks will start climbing the ladder. And um, my player um, was the big red machine, um, Corey Horsburgh. Um, you know, how often do you say um, can come out of a game and say Corey Horsburgh scored a double? On that alone, he needs to be praised. But um, it was a great performance from him. Um, you know, he, he's had his fair share of um, critics for his passion. Um, but, yeah, thought it was a great game from him. Um, who did you want to pick out? Uh, so my one was uh, Matt Tomoko. Um I think he had a really big game. I think he's been having a lot of really big games the past couple of years. I, I was... Kind of hopeful he might get a look in for the key for Kiwi selection last year. Um, yep. Didn't happen, but I, I think eventually it'll come. I think he's just so strong and, and powerful, and you know he really looks really good out on the edge there with the Raiders. Hopefully, he's still playing by the time they decide to let the Kiwis play again. Yeah, probably in like another two or three years. Um, yeah. We'll see. So um, yeah, that was the round. Um, unfortunately, we have to talk about our picks. Um, so I'll bring it up. Um, Simon got six out of eight. Um, I didn't mention it earlier um, for the Titan Storm game. Simon correctly picked the Titans to get the win over the Storm. So wow. a massive, 
massive credit there. The only games he got wrong was the Rabbitohs losing and the Cowboys losing. So um, pretty good for him. Um, I got four out of eight. Um, and you beat me this week, Richie, with five out of eight. So Simon is blowing us off the park with the tips this year. Um, I'm feeling very uncomfortable. Um, he's 15 out of 24. I'm second at 11 out of 24. And now you've caught up to me um, 10 out of 24. I'm coming, so I, Brad. Hopefully I have a good week this week. Otherwise, I could be sitting at the bottom of the ladder. So um, not great there. And um Christopher Edwards Bailey's asked, when will the Kiwis play again? Any Anzac test this year? I don't know if there's even going to be a Kiwis game this year. Um, I haven't heard. I know they were wanting more games, but we haven't heard anything. So I'm really not sure. Um, before we go on, we'll look at the ladder, Richie. Not a ladder I think either of us would have predicted um, this year. Um, but we've got number one. Um, we've got the Broncos. Number two, we've got the Dolphins. Three, we've got Manly. Four, we've got the Warriors. Five, we've got Penrith. Six, we've got the Titans. Seventh, the Roosters. And eighth, the Bulldogs. Um, with the, the bottom teams, Dragons at ninth, Rabbitohs 10th, Raiders 11th, Sharks 12th, Storm 13th, Knights 14th, Cowboys 15th, Eels 16th, and Tigers 17th. With those two teams yet to record a win. That's What's beautiful. your take on this, this ladder? I just can't stop looking at it. It's the Warriors are in the top four. Um, it, it just looks gorgeous. I want to take a picture and hope it lasts forever. <laughs> yeah. And um, Simon said, um, doesn't think there's any internationals in the Southern Hemisphere, only in Northern Hemisphere this year. So, yeah, that's, I think they're not. That's poor, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, okay. I'm going to write down the uh, Simon's picks. So we'll go into questions, Richie. Um, So I'll ask my question of you as I write down Simon's picks. So um, my question for you is who gets their first win, the Eels or the Tigers? Uh, I know we just talked about the Eels have a couple of rough games coming up. Yes. Um, On the 10th of April, these two teams meet. They play each other. Um, I don't see either team winning a game before then. I think both teams have have before April 10th have games that oh, I'm pretty sure they'll lose. So I think it'll come down to this match. And I, I think the Eels will, will beat, beat the Tigers. So, yeah, I think the Eels will win first. Yeah, I'm kind of the same. I think uh, I don't know if they won't get a win until that week, but I think Eels, you, you would have to pick the Eels out of those two options. Um, it's, yeah, just seems silly. Mm. Um We've got Simon saying the Dolphins-Broncos game should be a sellout with the top two teams in a local derby. Yeah, I think they've been talking about how it's basically, if it's not sold out already, it's going to be. Um, and yeah, Christopher said it does look like Tonga and maybe Samoa may tour England and France. would love to see a Four Nations with Samoa, New Zealand, Tonga and England. Yeah. Yeah, we always, we always um, champion it a bit for more internationals. Um and, yeah, Simon said England's playing in the European Championship as well, but that might be a B team. Um, so, yeah, I'm sure once we get some news, Christopher, on internationals, we always throw it into the show anyway. So um, hopefully we do get some confirmations on what's going to happen um, post-NRL season. But your question for me. Yep, so Warriors-related. Um, 
there's rising optimism about the Warriors after the first three rounds. Uh, how have your views changed regarding a top eight finish since since your start of the year predictions? What percentage chance do you give us as of right now? Um, yeah, well, before the season started, I said I see the Warriors being 10th. Um, my, I do I think they're a top eight side? I think they can be now. Um, I wasn't sold on the defense side of things before the, a first ball was kicked. That was my biggest issue with the team. That seems to have been fixed for the time being. Um, if we see the same type of thing when they're playing a Broncos, uh, Penrith, those types of teams. It's going to be another story. So um, it's gone up. Uh, percentage of them being like finals, uh, I'll go up to like a 50-50 right now. Um, yeah, nice. which, uh, I still want to see a few more big bopper games um, from them. If they, you know, Anzac game is always the one. Um, when the Warriors have been playing really well or they've been playing really bad, doesn't matter they get you know 50 60 points put on them by the storm every year so mm -hmm. i want to see them go to melbourne on anzac night and um either come away with a win or come away with a respectable loss um they do that then i'm i'm all in um your what's your thoughts on it yeah i'm i'm very much the same i didn't i wasn't giving us a huge chance before a ball's kicked off this year Obviously, having seen a bit more, I'm starting to get a little bit more excited. Um, I just hope, I just hope as the season progresses, we don't drop any games that we really should be winning. You know, these like like this weekend, for example, playing against the Bulldogs at, in Mount Smart Stadium. By all accounts, ticket sales are going well. Should be a big crowd. We should win that game. You know, if, if we start dropping games like that. Um, you know, then it, it might hurt our chances down the line, but I'd I'd also give it about a 50-50. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so we may as well get into round four. And, um, as we've been doing, we'll, we'll talk about the Warriors game first. So um, I'll bring up our nice little picture, and um, you want to run down, run down the Warriors team, and then I'll talk about the, the, the Bulldogs team after you. Yep, you bet. So uh, fullback, Chance, Nicole Klostad is back. On the wings, Ed Kossi and Marcelo Montoya keep their place. Viliami Valera and Adam Pompey keep their place from last week as well in the centres. The halves stay the same, Timari Martin and Sean Johnson. The front row, Adam Fenor Blake, Bunty Afoa and Freddie Lussett comes in for Wade Egan with his concussion. Uh, the second row on the edges, Jackson Ford is back and Marata Niakore. Tohu Harris, captain, and number 13. Interchange, Dylan Walker, Bailey Serenin, Jazz Tevanga, and Tom Ali. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then for the Bulldogs, got um, former Warrior Haynes Perham at fullback. Uh, we've got Jacob Carraz and Josh Adokar on the wings. Jake Avrilo and Paul Alamotti in the centres. Uh, captain Matt Burdens at 5'8". Uh, Kyle Flanagan's halfback. Uh, front row is Max King, Reed Marnie, and Ryan Sutton. Uh, second row is Viliami Kakao and Jacob Preston. And then the locks, Raymond Felitar uh, Mariner. Then the interchange, we've got Jaden Ockenbohr, Corey Waddell, Jaden Tanner, and Farmamu Brown. Um, yeah, I, we've got here um, Jacob said, oh, Jacob. So I saw Jacob Kraz on my screen there. Sorry, Jacko. Um, 
yeah, Jacko said if we win four of the, the first 10, big chance of making the eight. On Ruin Hammer's show, when we did our season preview, I said the first 10 rounds, I see two wins, um, the two games against the Knights. We're already there. So we're already there. Um, yeah, so I, I think four out of the first 10 is very achievable for them. But that's looking into the rest of the rounds. Warriors, Bulldogs, Richie, what's, what do you reckon? I think, I think we could we could go well here back at Mount Smart. You know, homecoming, uh, a real homecoming to Mount Smart, the spiritual home of, of the boys. Um, traditional Sunday four o'clock time slot, Brad. We used to love those. Um, yeah, yeah. I just really hope we turn Mount Smart into a fortress this year and defend it really well. Um, the Bulldog side, no denying, looks a lot better this year. Um, you know they've got some weapons there, but I think this game we should really, we should really put away. I'm going to tip us to do so. Yeah, I've picked the Warriors as well. Um, I think yeah, as you said, a, a massive crowd for the first game at Mount Smart. Um, Warriors are showing what they can do. I think they'll go an extra level being at home that first game at Mount Smart. Always, you know, the Bulldogs had a great team against them last year at Mount Smart, and look what happened. Um, and yeah, Jacko's kind of said here, if we're the real deal, we beat the Dogs. Yeah, if the Warriors want to be a finals team, this is a game they have to ice. Um, mm. First game at home. I know Wellington counts as a home game, but this is really the first home game. Um, yeah, it's a triple header. Forgot to mention that in the news. You've got SG Ball, New South Wales Cup, and first grade all playing back-to-back um, to back. So it should be a great time if you're in Auckland, get to the game. Um I've kind of cemented in that I'm going to watch all three because we nice. don't get to watch a lot of SG. You don't see any SG ball on TV. So I think it's a perfect opportunity to see the young players. Um, we keep talking about this new development. Um, I want to actually go see them play. So um, hopefully have a bit of insight for us next week on the show. Um, but yeah, I think they have to get this game. So yeah, worries for me. Um which brings us to the rest of the round, Richie, if I can bring up our little fixtures. Yep. Um, tomorrow night, Eels, Panthers. Simon and myself have both gone with the Panthers here. Um, what say you? I, I assume it's Panthers. You already said that the Eels aren't going to win until they face the Tigers. Yeah, yeah, that was a bit of a spoiler. Yeah, I'm going Panthers. Yep. Yeah. Uh, first game on Friday, we've got Storm Tigers. Um, I don't see the Storm losing three in a row. And the Tigers don't look like they can win anything right now. So I've gone for the Storm. So is Simon. Yeah, I'm going Storm, although they don't look great. So I don't think they they'll blow them away. I know they do. They do. It's struggling for combinations, though. I don't know that they'll blow the Tigers away, but I'm still picking Storm. Yeah. Then uh, next up on Friday, probably the game of the round, um, Broncos-Dolphins. Um the two uh, two of the undefeated teams. I think Manly is still technically undefeated, but they've had less games to play. So um, the two 3-0 and o teams um, playing here, one of them will face defeat. I've gone with the Broncos, and Simon's gone with the Dolphins. I, I just think... Ooh. I think Kafusi cool. and Jeremy Marshall um, came out um, against the Broncos team that, you know, is singing right now. I think... It's theirs to lose, so I think the Broncos are going to have the edge here. But I think it's going to be a fantastic contest. I hope it is. Um, would love to see the Dolphins win. 
um, they're not a surprise anymore. You know, we've got three weeks where we've seen what they can do. So ambush factor's gone. So I think the Broncos might might just have a bit too much class. Yeah, no, Jacko, Caden's uh, corrected me here saying I'm wrong. The Tiger, Tigers definitely look like winning the spoon. So, yeah, they, they do look like winning something. Um, but, yeah, so who did you pick against? Sorry, Broncos. I did, Broncos. Yeah. Right, first game on Saturday, we've got Cowboys-Titans. Simon and myself have both gone with Cowboys. I think um, the Titans still don't know how to defend. Cowboys have got something to prove after being um, embarrassed at home. So, yeah, I think Cowboys have to get the win here. Yeah, I think it'll be tight, but I've led towards the Cowboys as well. All right, so you're picking the same as me, which is, is meaning I might hold on to a lead this week. Um, next up, we've got Rabbitoh Seagulls. Simon's gone with the Rabbits, and I've gone with the Seagulls. Um, you know, still my my cliche, if Tommy's playing, I pick the, the Seagulls. Yeah, yeah, I was very tempted to go down that road too. They're looking really good. Um, but I th- I'm going to yeah, – I'm going manly. I think Rabbitohs are missing too many middles. Um, it might, might hurt them. Yeah, and um, yeah, Simon said Dolphins-Broncos was the hardest match to pick this round. And um, Jacko says, yeah, if Cows lose, they're in trouble for sure, 100%. Mm, yeah. um, I think they'll be really worried. Um, next up was Warriors-Bulldogs. We both picked Warriors. Simon has as well, so we don't need to talk about that one. Yeah. Next up, we have um, Knights versus Raiders. Simon and myself have both picked the Raiders. Um, they, yeah, the Knights are in trouble depth-wise, so I think the Raiders will, will get the job done here. Yeah, I went Raiders also. So we're picking exactly the same, Richie. Yeah, yeah. Um, last game of the round, Dragons Sharks. Simon and myself have both picked Sharks. You you going to break my heart and pick the Dragons or? Nico's named to play this week, isn't he? He is. Yes. Yeah. No, I can't break myself to tip Dragons. Put me down for Sharks. All right. So you're staying last this week. Yeah. Um, regardless of how good or bad our picks are. The, the only well, thing is we've got to try to catch up to Simon. Yeah. Um, Simon has picked the Dolphins and the Rabbits, different to us. So we need the uh, the Broncos and Seagulls to do us a solid this week mm. so we can try to catch up. Um, you going to do a multi to back up your tips this week? No. Um, the first round when I was that confident with my tips – all my TV money's gone, Matt. It's they took it all. Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, so yeah, that is our round four. So um, this is where we uh, we lose Jacko when we decide to talk about Super League for a little bit before we go home. It's great having uh, you again, Jacko. Great having you here, Jacko. Um, hopefully, it's a great weekend of footy for you, and see you next week. So um, Super League time. Um, Warrington and Catalans are currently atop the ladder with five and zero records. Um, Wigan and Salford are third and fourth um, with three and two records, and Wakefield is the only team yet to win a match. Um, so I'll run down the round five results. We had Castleford defeating Leeds 14 to 8. Um, Wigan just beating Uddersfield 14 12. Um, St. Helens winning over Hull FC 20 to 12. Warrington defeating Lee 38 20. Catalans defeating Hull KR 26 12. And then Salford defeating um, Wakefield 14-13. So Wakefield may not have won a game yet, but they just lost by one point against the third um, best team. 
Um, round six, there's a couple of bangers in there. We've got Uddersfield versus St. Helens, um, Wakefield versus Hull KR, Wigan versus Salford, Castleford versus Warrington, Leeds versus Catalans, and Hull FC versus Lee. Um, go the Warriors, Jacko. Yeah, Jacko says go the Warriors where he left. Um, then we got um, Catalan Dragons um, have actually sorted a TV deal for them to broadcast games in Spain, selective games. So Simon's let us know that. Nice. Um, and um, yeah, great for the Catalans there. They, they got us. They're kind of the the key force of spreading the game um, out there. Um, so yeah, a good Catalans team means they can push it out. Um, hopefully, they get some some viewers from Spain. Be great to see. Um, and Simon says Wakefield's kind of in trouble with their pitch and the quality of their pitch right um, out of the vaccine. Um, off the chance to have a game televised. Yeah, so um, it's not great for Wakefield at the moment, but you know, when, when a pitch is ever great up in the, the Northern Hemisphere. <laughs> um, uh, anything else you want to add before we go, Richie? Uh, just a big thanks to everyone for chatting tonight. It was um, great to chat after a fantastic Warriors win, so let's hope for more this weekend, everybody. Yeah, and um, if you go into the game in Mount Smart and you see me, come say hi. Um, I, I'm currently going on my own. Uh, I'm still trying to find someone to come with me. No one's interested, Richie. It's crazy. Um, I heard if someone co- goes and says hi, Brad, shouting bears. Yeah, that never happens. Um, <laughs> don't listen there. You, you know how expensive it is for beer at the, at the stadium, It is. Right? It is. Uh, so, yeah, uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in tonight and join us on the standoff with Brad and Richie. For your weekly update on Rugby League, tune into our show next week at 8 p.m. here on Facebook or at your convenience on all the uh, the podcast feeds. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. Um, saying, um, yeah, everyone, cheers for joining us again tonight. And um, good night, everyone. Talk to you next week. Night, everyone. 